Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Now, nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter of a tank of gas if you're lucky. You know what it will get you, though? For just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today, and if you do it today, you save an additional 50% off your first month. They use the same 5G network, same cell towers as the big carriers, and most families saving close to $1,000 a month. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, that's Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the burner, less lethal pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, so Jim Jordan, James Comer all come out uh, guns blazing. You know, for all this time, the FBI has had access to Hunter Biden's laptop. We know that he's being paid all of this money using his father's influence uh, for, you know, look at the case of Ukraine. He makes millions of dollars. And he goes on GMA. Do you have any experience in oil? No. Any experience in gas? No. Any experience in energy? No. Any experience with Ukraine? No. Why did they pay you all this money? I don't know. I don't. That, that was his exact answer. You know, and of course, Joe bragging. Well, I said, you're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor that we now know is investigating his son. Then, of course, you got the money. Let's see, from uh, the Russian oligarch, the former first lady of Moscow, three and a half million dollars for nothing, then a hundred million dollar investment for real estate purposes. And you got China, you got the five million dollar, no interest, uh, forgivable loan. I'd like a forgivable loan, meaning, OK, you'll forgive it. I don't have to pay it back. That's called where I grew up. That would be called the bride. But I don't know if you if you don't pay it back, that's free money. You'd have to report that, by the way, to the IRS. And then, of course, the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. Anyway, all of this and so much more. Then you got the FBI. Then you got the abuse of power. Then you got the whistleblowers that are, are saying in no uncertain terms the FBI has been politicized and the DOJ has been weaponized. Here's Jim Jordan, Congressman Ohio, from earlier today. 
I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper, and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Operation. They further went on to say, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post are genuine or not, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. And of course, that letter became the pretext for suppressing this story, again, just days before the most important election we have in our country. So I would ask this, was J.P. Morgan's suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department was that just a classic earmark of a Russian information operation? How about when Hunter Biden sent the email that Mr. Comer pointed to? Sent the email asking for keys to his new office space, one for himself, one for President Biden, one for his uncle Jim Biden, and one for the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy company, CFCC. Was that just Russian disinformation operation in place? What part of Mr. Comer's presentation prompted the FBI to go to Facebook and say, hey, 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 you want to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation here this election season? What part of his presentation would prompt that? And I think it's also important to understand, never forget how this story has changed. I mean, think about this. When it started off, it was, no, it's not his laptop. It's not his laptop. Then it was, well, it's his laptop, but remember, it's Russian disinformation and no one did anything wrong. Then it was, well, maybe... Maybe he did something wrong, but President Biden didn't know about it. And now it's, well, maybe President Biden knew about it and was involved, but it, it didn't influence his decisions. And then we learned as it relates to the Russia collusion hoax, which is what it was, uh, we learned a lot of things that, oh, in early October of 2016, uh, the FBI went, met with Christopher Steele, the guy that put together the dirty dossier that we now know is debunked and said, we'll give you a million dollars if you can corroborate it. And he never got the million dollars, but it still, by the end of the month, became the bulk of information used in the FISA application to spy on Carter Page, which was a backdoor to the Trump campaign. Uh, and they used it four times thereafter, even after the subsource, Danchenko himself, told them in January of 2017, prior to the two other FISA applications being uh, submitted uh, that none of it was true. So it says at the top of a FISA application, verified all of it, not verified. This investigation is warranted if you believe America needs equal justice and application of our laws. Anyway, Jim Jordan is with us. He will be the next chair of the Oversight Committee. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Sean. Well, well said. Um, it is about equal treatment under the law. That is a hallmark of of our country, the greatest country ever. And if you don't have that, you don't have America. And so that's, that, that is exactly why it's fundamental. That is exactly why this investigation is so darn important. Could you imagine with what we know on the laptop uh, that the FBI had before anybody else? And if it was the last name Trump, where in this laptop, we know that Hunter Biden implicates his father repeatedly. And I think yeah. that's where that's going. What do you think? Yeah, no, he, you're you're right about the comparison too. I mean, can you, can you imagine what the left would have done if if if, if any uh, of of the the Trump family had the same kind of stuff on on any type of document, any type of can be any type of device? Um, it would have been. I mean, we we know what that what that's like because we've seen it for the last seven years. 
They've been nonstop after I had a reporter ask me, well, but you know, the, the Democrats never really went after Trump's family. I'm, I, I just looked at my, are you kidding me? <laughs> They've done it for seven years. So yeah, that is, that is again, unequal treatment under the law. That is what we've seen. And so the only way you stop that is you point out, you, you have to show the truth and the facts to the country so they clearly see it. And hopefully then you this. And frankly, if we need to pass legislation to change the whole structure of that place, particularly the Washington field office, Sean, never forget one of these 14 whistleblowers who come talk to us, FBI agents who come to us as whistleblowers, his statement was the FBI at the highest levels, at the Washington field office level, is rotted at its core. Think about that. That's what one of these agents are saying. So that, 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 that is what this is truly all about. All right. So let's talk about and you're the head of the House Judiciary Committee. Um, let's talk about exactly what it is that your committee is going to be investigating. How long do you think it'll take? Who are the people that you're looking to talk to? Well, there's a whole list, but I'll just give you one. And we talked about him on your show last night. This, this guy, Timothy Tebow, because he's, he's come up in different contexts now. We had a whistleblower tell us that Mr. Tebow, who was a special assistant special agent in charge of the Washington field office, this place that another whistleblower had told us is rotted at its core. Mr. Tebow's a guy who was pressuring agents to, to ch- categorize and catalog cases as domestic violent extremism cases when, in fact, they weren't. So he's pressuring agents to do that. At the same time, a different whistleblower had went to Senator Grassley instead of Mr. Tebow, again, the assistant special agent in charge of the Washington field office, who was, who was, was involved in suppressing the information regarding the Hunter Biden story, and I think the terms that Mr. Grassley used in his report were closing off an avenue of information so that people wouldn't, wouldn't figure out what was going on with the Hunter Biden story. So I want to talk to this Mr. Tebow because he's now left the FBI, and we've asked him to come in and talk. And even though he said publicly, oh, I welcome a chance to come talk, we've asked him to. We've sent letters to him, and his lawyer tells no, 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 he's not going to come in. So I want to talk to that guy because I want to know, was Mr. Tebow, did he talk to Facebook? Or did he send someone to talk to Facebook and tell him to suppress this story back in October of 2020, 15 days before the election? Did he do that? If not, who did? Did they go talk to Twitter as well as Facebook? Did they tell Twitter the same thing? Because we know Twitter was throttling back information regarding the Hunter Biden story in October of 2020. So I think those are important questions. And then, frankly, here's another big question. Why did the Biden administration change the protocol? suspicious activity reports used to be any committee could get access to suspicious activity reports from our treasury department until joe biden's administration they said nope we're not going to do that you can't have access to that go well go figure wonder why they did that so there are these are the kind of questions we have to do and there's a whole list of witnesses we have in different the school board issue the 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 political nature of, of of the justice department issue on on pressuring agents to catalog cases a whole host of things we're going to have to go through so it sounds to me like everything that we suspected is now going to be proven. You know, when you look at, at just this particular case involving Hunter Biden and all the money that the Biden family has made and the laptop and, and here you have an, the FBI has had a hold of all of this information and they've done nothing with it. Um, it, it makes absolutely zero sense to me, except that we don't have equal justice under the law. You think that the do you believe, based on what we now know publicly about Hunter implicating his own father, about pictures with Hunter, his foreign business associates and his father, dates of meetings with Hunter, his father and foreign business associates? uh, And then, of course, the amount of money from places like China and Kazakhstan and Ukraine and Russia. uh, Do you think there's enough evidence that would prove that, in fact, this is uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, influence peddling scandal potentially in our country's history. 
Well, I mean, it sure looks that way because, you know, we're supposed to believe Hunter Biden is an expert on, on energy. He's an expert on health care. He's an expert on gaming. He's an expert. All these different enterprises he was involved in. So he's an expert in all this and making all kinds of money. And he's making it from places around the world and in countries that are, that are our adversaries. We're supposed to believe all that. Like he's that much of an expert on everything. And, and again, now it, it sure looks like his, his father, the President Biden, knew about all this. And again, remember how the stories changed. When it first came out, it was like, nah, this is not on his laptop. This is crazy. This is Russian disinformation. And now yesterday in Politico, here's what Politico said yesterday. They said, no evidence has publicly emerged that Joe Biden's decisions were affected by his son's business dealings. So now we've went from, no, it wasn't his thing. He did nothing wrong. It's Russian disinformation to that, well, I knew about it. It was, you know, he may have done something wrong, but it hasn't impacted the president's decision. Well, that's a big change in, in your position, for goodness sake. So uh, it does seem like he understood what was going on and he was uh, had full knowledge, even though he's, uh, the president said he did it. All right, quick break. We'll come back. He's going to be the new head of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. Hey, listen, I want all of you in these really tough economic times to save as much money as possible. And that's why you need to join the stampede, all of us, away from the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. And the thing is, you'll get the exact same cell towers that they use, the same exact 5G network they use. Uh, You'll have the same number of coverage bars that you can look at on your phone, the same exact ones, because it's the same tower, it's the same network. You keep your phone, you keep your phone number. And the average family saving close to $1,000 a year. Many families are saving even much, much more. And Pure Talk, they offer more plans than the big carriers. You, you can get unlimited talk and text and six gigs of data for 30 bucks a month. Six gigs of data is a lot of data. You're probably not going to need that much. Anyway, make the switch like I did and hundreds of thousands of us. Go to Pure Talk. It's a U.S. veteran-owned company, by the way. All you have to do is dial pound 250 on your cell, say the keyword save now, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, keyword save now from our friends at Pure Talk. Uncovering evil and defending the truth. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, we continue. Congressman Jim Jordan, great state of Ohio, the Buckeye State. He will be the head of the House Judiciary Committee. He will be looking into whether the FBI has been politicized and the DOJ is weaponized and uh, probably get to the bottom of all of this, which we need. Jim Jordan remains with us. When the president meets with all these people and we play it against his tape saying he never had a conversation with his son about it, and then all the implication by Hunter that his father got the money. Isn't this money? Aren't these benefits? Isn't that all traceable? Whether his name is mentioned that he has an office uh, inside the family business. And, uh, oh, I have to pay half my salary to dad and put away money for the big guy. And I got to pay for yeah. all dad's repairs. It, it certainly seems. Why, why would a sitting vice president ever uh, leverage a billion taxpayer dollars and say, uh, you're not getting it unless you fire the prosecutor. Uh, that sounds like a quid and a pro and a quo by Joe to me. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Um, I thought Representative Comer made a really good point when he said, look, there are, we know of 150 suspicious acts. These are banking records that banks have to file with Treasury when they see, as the name would suggest, suspicious activity. So, 
we've only seen, Mr. Comer has only seen, and, and the staff from the Oversight Committee has only seen two of them. So let's look at the other 148. And once I think that Mr. Comer and his staff get to look at the other 148, we'll be able to answer some of the questions you're raising, Sean. But think about that, 150 on Hunter Biden, uh, uh, Jim Biden, who knows what else is in there about their transaction. Because typically those same kind of things, as, as Mr. Comer pointed out, point to some kind of money, money laundering or whatever. We don't know if that's the case, but historically you've been able to see those things until the Biden administration. They say, no, 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 we're not going to allow, we're not going to allow you, you committees to in Congress to see that information. So I think that's the key. And that's, that's what Mr. Comer stressed uh, during the, the, the press conference uh, earlier today. Well, if people, you know, the last Congress with Nancy Pelosi, and I'm sure you're very saddened to see her go from a leadership position. Uh, is your heart broken? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she sort of, she becomes, uh, I think, the face of the left and all the crazy policies that um, that they've. Uh, well, this is actually now an interesting question, and you're squirming, so I like it. Um, did you <laughs> have you ever had conversations with her? Do you have any relationship at all I, with her? I, I really don't much. I mean, I've, I've talked. With, I've actually talked with Danny Hoyer. He's a he's a nice gentleman, and you know, I disagree with his positions and and and, and politics, but uh, I don't really talk with Speaker Pelosi much. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is the difference. This is what the gavel means. And when that gavel is transferred by Nancy, I assume it's going to be by Nancy Pelosi mm -hmm. uh, over to what looks like Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Republicans, mm -hmm. by the way, and this is an important question for me and in this audience. Um, you have a small majority. It is imperative to me that Republicans, number one, keep their commitments to America, follow through on these yep. investigations keep uh, money in check because you have the power of the purse. And I just want to know, do you have a good feeling Republicans will stand together? Because any four or five congressmen now can gum up the works uh, in, in five yeah. seconds. Yeah, we got to stick together. Right, we, and we prove what we can in the minority, which is a little easier, I get. But we prove what we can in the minority. We got to do, do that in the majority. I, I could not agree more. And one thing we all need to recognize is whatever differences may, may exist between more moderate Republicans and conservative Republicans like you and I, Sean, those differences pale, pale in comparison to the differences between Republicans and the crazy left, which now control the Democrat Party. Remember the survey done two months ago, 55% of Democrats do not believe that America is the greatest nation ever. Think about that. Every one of your listeners, the millions of people who listen to your, you and your TV show, your radio, they all know they all know without a shadow of a doubt this is the greatest country in history, but a majority of one of the major political parties, the Democrat Party, they do not believe that. So we had better stick together if we're going to if we're going to make sure we get a Justice Department that does treat Americans equally under the law. And if we're going to protect the principles that make our country the special place that it is. All right, Jim Jordan, we're looking forward to January. Can't wait. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. If I don't talk to you before then. And we appreciate all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And we really look forward to uh, these these investigations. They are long overdue. Uh, Jim Jordan. Anyway, we appreciate it. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, 
I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. 
We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An attack against one is an attack against all, which would mean that Poland, if they were attacked by Russia and they were Russian missiles, would warrant then a military response, in my opinion. Uh, Otherwise, how many attacks are you going to let a country make against the fellow NATO country? Uh, And on top of all the chaos, I mean, Europe is going to suffer badly this winter because of the vindictiveness, the evil actions of one guy, Vladimir Putin. He has shown a propensity to go scorched earth as he is targeting civilians all over uh, Ukraine, targeting apartment buildings, targeting human infrastructure necessary, targeting even getting very close to nuclear facilities, which could be a a nuclear fallout disaster. Uh, So he's not shown any heart, soul or conscience. All he knows is he's got his territorial ambitions and uh, albeit he's going for it. Anyway, Joe was first asked about this. And he refuses to answer the question. Listen. Mr. President, can you tell us what you know so far about the explosion of Poland, sir? No. Thank you, President. Now, okay, so then on Tuesday, Biden comments on this and says, uh, it's unlikely that the missiles fired into Poland came from Russia. This is what he said. Mr. President, can you really say whether this missile was fired from Russia? preliminary information that contests that i don't want to say that till we completely investigate but it, it is uh I, I i i i it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from russia but we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see well it's not we don't need the trajectory we need to know was it a russian missile or not i mean it's really that simple now it could it have been an accident uh, I don't know. Then we have the head, the NATO secretary general uh, out there saying that the Polish incident was caused by a Ukrainian missile fired against a Russian cruise missile. Here's what he said. We have no indication that Russia is preparing offensive military actions against NATO. Our preliminary analysis suggests that the incident was likely caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile fired to defend Ukrainian territory against Russian cruise missile attacks. But let me be clear, this is not Ukraine's fault. Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. Now, we did have Colonel North on Hannity last night. Um, he thinks that is a viable possibility. But there's a part of me that is suspicious only in one sense. Within hours, both U.S. intelligence people were right at the site of where the sh- strike occurred. Uh, we had other intelligence agencies from other NATO countries at the site where this occurred. Now, it would be very easy to determine whether or not this was an intentional strike or not 
by Russia uh, or whether or not, as they're now telling us, that they believe that the missile was uh, that hit Poland was a Ukrainian air defense missile in response to a cruise missile that was fired by Russia. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, it's a possibility. But based on Putin's actions all throughout this conflict, this war, this invasion of a sovereign country, and his indiscriminate bombing of innocent men, women, and children, you have to be suspicious, and you have to ask the right questions. I would really like to see the ballistics. The ballistics, to me, will give us all of the answers that we're looking for. Anyway, Rebecca Koffler is with us, a strategic intelligence expert, author of the book Putin's uh, Playbook. And uh, anyway, welcome to the uh, program, Rebecca. How are you? Great. How are you, Sean? I'm good. Now, what they're saying publicly is plausible, uh, but you've seen the brutality, the indiscriminate bombing of innocent men, women, and children, the targeting of apartment buildings, the targeting of, of vital infrastructure for life inside of Ukraine. Uh, it would not surprise me if Vladimir Putin wanted to escalate this conflict. What do you think happened, or do you know? Do you have any sources telling you what happened? So my unclassified intelligence analysis that uh, I'm going to reveal to you is that um, it is not Russia that fired that missile. The missile may be Russian-made, but it's more likely it was fired by Ukraine. Putin is not crazy. He's not suicidal. The one thing that Putin fears is the full mighty force of U.S. and NATO military. And he doesn't want to escalate at that level. Yes, he would escalate uh, targeting Ukraine, but never NATO. So it is more likely that it is a mistake. It's basically air defense missile by Ukrainians who are trying to simply defend their territory. But yet, on the other hand, he is punishing our NATO allies that foolishly uh, decided to give up their own energy independence. Uh, interestingly, an argument going on in the U.S. right now, one that people like me that believe in energy independence uh, uh, are losing. Uh, and they became dependent on Russia's energy. And we're now reading reports that people may freeze to death in Western Europe this winter and reading reports that they may end up spending over a third of their annual income just to heat their homes this winter. So Vladimir Putin has no qualms, compunctions whatsoever in terms of harming Western Europe. Well, absolutely not. He has no qualms about anything. His morals is just not uh, factoring in into his uh, decision calculus. What he's doing right now, Sean, is he's trying to make Ukraine unlivable. He's unleashing hell. 40% of the country's energy infrastructure has been crippled. Multiple industries have incurred devastating cyber attacks. The Ukrainians don't have water. They don't have heat. They don't have uh, electricity. Kiev is plunging into darkness. You know, half a million home, homes have lost power. And if there's no water, 
uh, there's no sewage. If you can't flush the toilet, there's going to be disease. So that is exactly what Putin is trying to do. It's part of the new strategy called strategy of indirect action. Um, I have an unclassified analytic piece published on the Fox News website called, uh, called What is Putin's Thinking? Where Russia-Ukraine war stands nine months after invasion. And I go through the battlefield, the new strategy, his health, regime stability, and what the future holds. So this is not going to end anytime soon, because like you said, Putin is unleashing, punishing, you know, attacks not only on Kiev and Ukraine, but also non-kinetic asymmetric attacks on Europe by strangling their ability to heat themselves and to, um, you know, to survive. All right. Quick break. More with Rebecca Koffler on the other side. And then we'll get to your calls and Greg Jarrett. All right, Rebecca Koffler is with us uh, now that these missiles landed in Poland and the NATO response. Are they going to be ready for such a response if, in fact, Vladimir Putin goes crazier than he even is today? So you're convinced that he's willing to go so far, but not that far. He doesn't want to take on NATO. I think one of the bigger surprises to come out of this conflict is I think had had Western Europe given Zelensky and, and the U.S. given Zelensky the weaponry to win the war from the very get go, I think this would have been over a long time ago. And I think, you know, the, the hesitancy of many countries to go all in and defeat Putin kind of surprised me. The other thing that surprised me is I thought the Russian military would roll right, you know, right all the way through uh, uh, Ukraine, right to Kiev, and, and they'd be in charge by now. Uh, they have shown, the, the Ukrainian people have shown a remarkable resilience, tremendous courage, but I don't think they've been given the weaponry to actually win the war. Am I wrong? You're correct. And, um, but unfortunately, there's no amount of weaponry that we can provide um, basically depleting our own arsenal and emptying out our treasury uh, to Ukraine that would make a military path to victory viable, uh, Sean. And that is simply because the Russians are not just looking at the battlefield and at the weapons. That's not what wins the war, right? So Putin is not a Muhammad Ali. He's not a boxer. He's not going to deliver a knockout. But what he is, is he is a mixed martial art artist. I'll just give you that comparison, right? And he's going to do what he's trying to do is a rear naked choke. He's a judo player. And so, and if he finds the right moment, he will unbalance the adversary by, and we discussed it on your show many other times, the low yield tactical nuclear warhead for um, Zelensky to think about capitulation. And so, yes, we can keep providing billions and billions of dollars, but it's not going to uh, make Putin stop uh, waging like a low-intensity, low-grade conflict and then eventually turn Ukraine into a frozen conflict. Um, and by that, he will have achieved his victory because his definition of victory is different from Zelensky. What Zelensky is trying to do is expel the Russians completely out of Ukraine, including Crimea. Well, that is mathematically impossible. What Putin is trying to do is limited goals, um, is denying Ukraine the ability to be part of NATO and ability to be part of the Western sphere. And that 
is the ultimate uh, goal. But, but he's already been given the assurance conflict. that Ukraine is not going to join NATO. He's He's got that assurance. He wants, well, he wants that assurance in writing, and he also wants to keep the territories. Remember, he wants to keep Crimea, and he wants to keep the four territories that he uh, has annexed. Uh, Zaporizhia, he, um, Lugansk, uh, Donetsk, all of those areas, even though technically Ukrainians have reclaimed Kherson, right, which is a strategic uh, city. But it is my assessment that Putin has set up a trap. Yes, they have retreated, but you mentioned um, a minute ago the possibility of, um, you know, radiological, um, I forgot how you, you phrased it, but uh, my assessment is that Putin has possibly will use a dirty bomb. This is uh, the official name is RDD, radiological dispersal device. This is what Ukrainian intelligence has warned us about. A, a dirty bomb or ready to do that. A dirty, dirty bomb, bomb or dirty a dirty bomb, bomb and, a, and a tactical nuke. These are two different things. Yes, he can do he can do both, but a dirty bomb is even lower on the escalatory uh, scale. Uh, but even no, I, I know what the difference is, but he's been threatening yeah. nuclear a nuclear strike. He hasn't been threatening to use a dirty bomb. So, no, he hasn't uh, used this information we got uh, from Ukrainians. He's not warning about um, that, but because he likes to do a, uh, a diversion. But this is a very, very bad, you know, type of uh, weapon. It has no military value. The dirty bomb, the RDD is what I'm talking about. It's, it's basically like uh, what we had uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq, the IEDs, this is, this is like an improvised nuclear device, if you will. It is, um, it has dynamite, but it also laced with radiological powder. And it causes moderate to severe burns, irradiation, uh, sickness, and all kinds of horrible things with the idea of being to make people suffer so much that they uh, abandon the will to fight and they flee Ukraine as uh, unfortunately they are right now because he's making Kiev unlivable. All right. We really appreciate the update. Thank you, Rebecca Koffler. Uh, we'll continue to follow the story over time. Uh, it's getting a little scary out there. Uh, by the way, Greg Jarrett in the next hour, we'll check in with him. Hannity tonight uh, will be doing it from the Patriot Awards dinner. Uh, probably have a nice crowd. At least I hope so. I'm not sure if the dinner's going on at that time or not. I'll figure that out by uh, game time, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll let you know where you can tune in and find out. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.